with the pandemic, it's no secret that women more than men uh, were severely impacted just for the sake of needing to take time off for childcare. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning to another episode of While We Were Working, all about small business HR leadership topics that you need to know, but maybe you weren't focused on because, hey, let's face it, you're busy working. As always, joined by my great co-host, Summer Keytron, and this week we're going to be talking about some things that you need to know. Um, obviously, this is Women's History Month, so we're going to talk about a Fortune article on women being the driving labor shortage and what experts think to to fix this. And the other topic is right from the trenches, a company wanting to implement a non-traditional uh, work schedule and what are some of the pros and cons of that. So if you're looking to improve workplace outcomes for women in your organization and are thinking about switching to a non-traditional work arrangement, you want to stay tuned to this episode. But first, Summer, let's get into High Low Buffalo and tell the people what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, for those of you uh, that, that are just joining, our High Low Buffalo is our weekly recap of something that went really well or something that we loved. Uh, the low, of course, being maybe something that didn't go so well. And the Buffalo is absolutely totally something random that we'd love to share. And we do this internally with our Jumpstart team. It's a great way to help celebrate, to help support, and also learn about our team. So why don't we go ahead and dive in? And Joey, why don't you go first this week? All right. All right. Let's switch it up a little bit. My high is um, I've just been really excited about my daughter in her, in her first year of school. Uh, she had a mid-winter break. Um, I'm glad she's back in, in school. Uh, you know, that that. Daddy time is fun, but I like to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a good dad in like 45 minute sprints. But watching watching my daughter throughout the day is a different is a different challenge. Um, mm -hmm. but I love them. Um, my low for this week, um, I can't think of any lows right now. Still still riding a wave of our successful launch of our of our Slack community for uh, HR pros and also for business leaders. Um, and then Buffalo, I want to shout out. A great woman in the HR space. Uh, her name is Kate Bischoff. She is a friend of mine. Uh, she's based in Minnesota. She's an employment attorney. And a fun fact about her is uh, she loves in and out So if you check out her social profile and you want to treat her to uh, to something, go ahead and drop a in and out gift card. That's something we do whenever we're in Vegas at a conference. Um, we make sure we get some in and out But Kate is awesome. She'll tell it like it is with labor law and, and in a fun way. Um, so if you aren't following her, make sure you check her out. Her name is Kate Bischoff. Summer, what's your high-low buffalo? 
Well, my high is absolutely jumpstart and work related. And that is we are growing and I'm so excited to see new clients coming on and even our existing clients expanding their work with us. And that seems to be a theme that uh, we get connected with clients for either an emergency or something specific that's happening in their organization. But once we tackle that immediate concern and they start to see what it's like to work with us, then they want more. And that's always really exciting. So to see that happening before my eyes this week is definitely a high. Um, and with all of that excitement, you know, I know it probably seems like an easy out, but there's totally no lows. There's none at all. All right. What's your but below? <laughs> so um, I'm sure everybody's heard of the term Murphy's Law, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought this was really interesting because I didn't, I, I didn't know until I looked it up that there's actually a reason for that saying. And so here's your fun fact um, that there was a gentleman, Edward A. Murphy Jr. Uh, he was born in 1918 and he was with us until 1990. And he was an American aerospace engineer who actually worked on safety critical systems. And <laughs> somehow he was he was known for uh, kind of crafting that term Murphy's Law, which of course we all know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So I thought that was just kind of a fun fact that it has an engineering, you know, it, it started from uh, engineering and I think it's gonna stick around forever. Yeah, and if, if there's anybody we want thinking about worst case scenarios and preventing them, it's someone in charge of safety. Uh, and in many ways, that's us as the HR pro, right? We anticipate the worst and try to build systems that prevent that from happening. So we are direct beneficiaries of the mantra of Murphy's Law. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's kick it up into while we were working. Um, this week, we are talking about the uh, Fortune article that says women are driving the labor shortage and experts have identified a crucial solution. Um, now, this article was posted February 18th, 2022, written by Chloe Berger. Now, Summer, what is the crucial solution for reversing this labor shortage where women are adversely impacted? Well, I think we need to start first by, you know, just kind of addressing the current state. So, you know, with the pandemic, it's no secret that women more than men uh, were severely impacted just for the sake of needing to take time off for childcare. And so, you know, that's where kind of the root of this issue stems from. And there was a report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that came out recently. And on one hand, there was great news. It was that men have actually recouped their pandemic-related job loss, which is amazing. But unfortunately for women, there are still more than 1 million fewer women in the workforce than in February of 2020. So that was pretty alarming. So if you know, you're thinking about just the labor shortage as a whole and who's impacted, there's no secret, it's women. And so there are companies that are, you know, taking a very direct approach to addressing this. 
And this article actually talks about one of the companies and what they're doing. But before I dive into like more about the solution, you know, Joey, what are your thoughts on just the pandemic's impact on women in the workforce? You know, what are trends that you're seeing and or just general thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to tread lightly on this episode here or this topic rather, because I don't want to be misconstrued as, as mansplaining. So mm-hmm. I'll throw that out there. But I, I think the unfortunate thing that we're seeing in the workplace is is this notion of uh, invisible work, um, the, the idea that that there's work that is very uh, important for us to have at home, in our jobs, um, mm-hmm. that women are doing more than men, but aren't getting credit compensation or, uh, yeah, credit or compensation mm-hmm. for it. And so when we think about a, a, a typical family that says, hey, our kids are home from school and uh, somebody has to watch them, it's usually not going to be the dad. I mean, I started, mm-hmm. I started this by saying, like, I'm a good dad in like 45 minutes first, right? So mom already knows, like, dad's probably not the best person. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're seeing that happen more often than not. Thankfully, you know, kids are, are back in school. Um, it's safer. So we can reopen those floodgates for women to come mm-hmm. back into the role. Um, but I just think it's, it's interesting and fascinating because the research shows that women are getting degrees at faster rates than men. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. uh, pursuing their education at faster rates than men. So it isn't an issue of, of competency. We've got to get to the bottom of what it is and um, figure out ways that we can bring women back into the workplace so that we, we right-size this ship. Absolutely. And this article actually ties into some of the work that we do with our clients who are really focused on being part of the solution. Because if you reflect back on prior episodes where we've talked about Uh, What are some things that companies can do to retain their team members? That's key, right? So if they're already, you already have women in your workforce, then you should be making, um, you know, taking action to ensure that you are um, retaining all your team members, but really have a strategy that ensures that, you know, your, your women are supported, knowing that they are kind of the first to have to fill that childcare need in most households. Not in this article, but one of the other thoughts that I had around it is, you know, just general concerns and and wanting to make it part of our conversation about uh, women and pay as the result of being out of the workforce. You know, there's been a lot of emphasis on equal pay. And then, of course, we have this additional challenge with, you know, women being out of the workforce for an extended period of time, not necessarily by choice, but necessity. I think that that's, while not mentioned in the article, something that companies really need to keep their eyes on as well uh, to ensure that they're not like adversely impacted yeah. when we need to be moving forward on that issue. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what one company is doing that's mentioned in this article, um, Snyder Electric. And one of the things that they're doing is essentially a return to work program. And just the nuts and bolts of it are that they are matching job seekers that have taken a break from the workforce, primarily due to the pandemic. 
and matching them with internal opportunities. And the goal is not just a regular hire, but rather to identify those that have some of the foundational education and experience, but maybe yet aren't not yet qualified to hire directly into that role. So what they're doing is they're training them, um, they're building skills with the goal of helping them find a full-time role within their company after six months. So here's the great thing is that the return to work program isn't like solely for women it's for everybody, but to really focus on this issue at hand right now, they're saying the current applicants that we're taking into our program for the first round right now must be women to help kind of fill their company goals that they set actually prior to the pandemic to ensure that they were uh, focusing their hiring efforts on women. So really, really cool thing. And I could see a lot of companies that we work with, Joey, wanting to do something similar. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Smider Electric is a pretty massive uh, organization. But one of the reasons why I love our show and our company in general is that our thought leadership exists to uh, make these big topics, these big ideas, palatable and actionable um, for smaller teams uh, that we serve. Mm-hmm. And so the, the takeaway here for me is that if you have a goal or a quota, you're going to have to create your own systems to reach that mm-hmm. goal or quota. And that's absolutely doable, whether you're a mm-hmm. team of 50,000, a team of 500, a team of 50, or a team of five. It takes intentionality. And so that's something that we, we help our, our customers with is intentionality around creating programs like this. But absolutely, I could see small firms um, mm-hmm. who have set goals, whether it's around uh, hiring and empowering women, hiring and empowering minority candidates at um, executive or mid-level uh, management positions. It just takes the intentionality, the focus, mm-hmm. and the commitment to see it through and not just to make it lip service in the month mm-hmm. of March, but to say, hey, our commitment is to seeing women back in the workforce in March, mm-hmm. April, May, June, July, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So I definitely believe we, we would be able to uh, help a company uh, reach their, uh, their, mm-hmm. their goals of uh, empowering more women to return to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, kudos to Snyder Electric for being a, a case study on um, what that looks like to be successful. Absolutely. It was really cool to see that this was part of their initiatives prior to the pandemic. But I think that, you know, they're really getting a lot of attention because um, what they're doing is so relevant to you know kind of solving one of the major issues right now um, in the workforce. And as you said, kudos to them because their goal in doing so was to try to compete with some of the big players that you know previously it, it was more difficult for them from a recruiting standpoint. So by implementing this program, they're now able to attract candidates that they may not have otherwise. So really great play on their part. And I'd love to work with any company that's looking at doing something similar because I've got some great ideas. And we've got a powerful team. I'm sure that we can make it happen. So if you're out there, uh, give us a ring because we would love to chat more about this. Yeah, you can give us a ring by reaching out to us at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. It's the best way to learn more about our firm and schedule time for a free 15-minute consult. Uh, with our team. 
let's go ahead and transition into our our, our topic from the trenches consultants <laughs> corner where we typically will get audience questions questions from our customers and just mm-hmm. things that we're seeing uh, that we think you should know while you're working um, if you have a question for us to tackle on the air you can reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com and we will work your question into our upcoming lineup. This question comes directly from the trenches. It's something we're seeing. And uh, the question is, a company wants to implement a non-traditional work schedule. What ideas should they consider? And are there pros and cons? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll just set the tone. For those who don't know what a non-traditional work schedule is, that's where you could have four-day work week. You can have uh, non-traditional start and stop times. You can mm-hmm. also have um, hybrid working arrangements, um, remote working arrangements. So non-traditional in the sense of anything that is outside of nine to five in the office every day. So if we think about that being traditional, then anything other than that is, uh, is non-traditional. So Summer, this, this came from, from our team. So what, what, what's the, what, what are you saying? Well, it's definitely a topic that we are having with nearly all of our new clients as they start to rework their strategy. You know, typically companies are coming to us and saying, please help. Uh, you know, we're challenged, we're challenged with turnover. We're struggling with recruiting. What are some things that we can do that are low cost or no cost? And this is definitely in kind of the top of that list because one of our prior episodes, we chatted quite a bit about um, flexible work arrangements and remote working. But certainly uh, the actual work schedule is something that should absolutely be reevaluated. I mean, when you think back on, you know, that typical uh, nine to five or in you know many cases, it's eight to five, I think that originated if I'm not mistaken, really more from like manufacturing, right? Where it's super important to have everybody there at the same exact time, all machines on, everybody was needed to make it happen. And I think prior to the pandemic, you would talk to a lot of executives and business leaders, and they would probably say the same thing about their corporate office-based non-manufacturing environment. Uh, But the pandemic has created quite of a shift in mindset, Mm -hmm. I think for many. Uh, so this topic of non-traditional work schedule uh, is very, very top of mind. And as you mentioned, Joey, some of the options that we're, we're talking to clients about are maybe a four-day work week would be attractive to your team. Are they willing to work slightly longer days in exchange for having you know, four days on and three days off? because that sounds pretty exciting. For some, that's maybe too long of a day. But then what about a 980 work schedule? And this is something that um, not as many folks are familiar with. So I'll kind of break it down because I feel like it's the happy medium between the traditional work schedule and the four-day work week. Um, And this is the most common schedule that I've actually implemented over my career that has had such a positive effect on retention. Um, And I'll tell you why in a moment. So the 980 work schedule is actually where 
um, instead of the typical 10 days in a two week pay period, you're actually only working nine. Now, if you think about 80 hours being kind of that same typical work period for two weeks, you're working the 80 hours over nine days instead of 10. So I'll break that down just a little bit more for those of you that are like, wait, what did she say? <laughs> so in simplest terms, it means every other Friday off. So you're going to work Monday through Friday, nine days. Um, you're going to work an eight hour Friday. The next week, you're going to work nine hours, Monday through Thursday, and you're going to have Friday off. So before I go any further, I'm going to drop this nugget on you and really help you see the value of this for your team members. So we're talking about 26 extra three-day weekends a year. I want you to think about that. If you offered your team 26 three-day weekends a year, do you think they'd be stoked? Absolutely. <laughs> so the great part about that is with the 980 work schedule, it's really easy to set up what I call an A and B schedule. So that means that some of your team is there on one Friday, some of your team is off, and then they flip on the following Friday. So that way you're ensuring that you always have coverage for kind of those key things that you need to have somebody at your office for. So Joey, have you seen the 980 work schedule before? And like, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, being here in the in the DMV, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia area, you hear about um, flex work schedules as it pertains to um, folks who work in the in the federal government. And so, mm -hmm. I've seen nine um, eighties, I've seen four tens, and people really enjoy it. People like mm -hmm. having sort of the ownership of their schedule, being able to know like. When I'm off, I'm off on that fifth day, or when I'm off, I'm off um, on that tenth day of, of the work period, of the uh, pay period rather. So yeah, it's it's really it's really it's really great to see. Um, I think there are pros and cons, and I know we'll get into it. But having that could be a game changer for an organization that may not be able to offer some other perks that have you know monetary components to it. But as a way to say, hey, we want to make this a great place for you to work and allow you to get some time back in your in your week. Because the reality Absolutely. is people are working 10 hour days anyway, right? So yeah. let's kind of reward that for uh, for our team members. Absolutely. And, and working a nine hour day uh, as opposed to an eight hour day, you know, if that's your typical schedule. It does take a little while to get used to, but I will say that having that Friday off makes it so worth it. And I have seen this play out directly in retaining team members because when they're evaluating other potential employment opportunities and they realize, oh my gosh, I have to give up my three-day weekends. I love those. Mm -hmm. um, it's a huge factor. So don't overlook the value of a non-traditional work schedule. I mean, certainly there's there's so many other things that you can do. I mean, some companies are actually doing no specific work hours. So it's a different type of work schedule, right? It just means like, hey, so long as you're meeting your deliverables um, and you're being timely in your responses, then we're not going to require you to actually be online to respond between, you know, nine and five or whatever the office hours are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the items that I did want to mention is while this all sounds fun and great, that 
I, I just have to caution folks as you know, I'm in California uh, where everything is fun and different when it comes to employment law. And so just to caution anybody who's looking at doing this uh, to work with either a team like us at Jumpstart or if you have um, employment attorney, because there are different laws in different states that impact how hourly employees are paid over time. Some states like California are super strict and you actually have to go through an approval process with the California Labor Commissioner before you implement any sort of non-traditional work schedule because it impacts their overtime calculation. So just kind of, you know, word of caution in regards to that, make sure that you've got, you've got somebody giving you good advice on your team. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because uh, Rebecca on our team actually uh, created a, uh, a PDF of some of the varying laws uh, from different major cities and how, you know, what's happening in Los Angeles may be different than San Francisco, maybe different from Miami, mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, so if you want to get a copy of that, uh, we'll drop a link in the show notes for you to just see how different laws compare um, against uh, different locations. I think if we think about the pros and cons, I know we've, we've got a, a short window here um, to chat, but some of the pros are definitely going to be employee engagement, especially if it's an idea that your team is excited about. One of the cons might be not so much a con, but you have to put the work in to ensure that everybody can get what they need while people are out because um, you don't want to schedule a, a 410 or a 980 and really you're just calling people who are out to say, hey, where can I find this? Where can I find that? Um, so it may challenge you to look at your systems and your resources and ensure that everyone got what they need. But I think it's worth evaluating if it's a if it's a win for your organization. So yeah. Well there's definitely so much more to both of the topics that we discussed today. But I hope if you joined us on the show today that you took away something that you didn't know by joining us. And if you're interested in learning more about these topics or anything else that we might be able to do to help your organization win please reach out to us. Uh, We'd love to chat about what you're looking to achieve. Or if you just want to say hi, we'd love to hear from you as well. That's right. Thanks for tuning into this episode of While We Were Working. Go ahead and share it with your colleagues and keep the conversation going. Reach out to us for questions or comments at hello at jumpstart.hr.com. And we will see you next week. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights, check out whilewewereworking.com.